Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. So in today's episode, I'm going to be joined once again by um, Colin. And um, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Ryan Tannehill trade. And um, we're going to be recapping um, the Celtics' past five games. So I find this um, very interesting. I also want to, just to start out the episode, touch up on some developing news that the um, New York Giants are not interested in Dwayne Haskins. Um so, first of all, with the Celtics, this is going to be last, the Celtics portion, which is going to take up most of the episode. So, basically, they are 4-1 and one in their last five games. We're going to be starting with the Warriors game and talking about how things are starting to change with the Celtics. Um, most of our listeners are from Massachusetts. There are some from other places. So, most of you guys are probably Celtics fans. There are others in, like, California, Missouri, Colorado. Uh, we even got some from Mexico and Russia. So, for you guys... Just shouting you guys out. I'm not going to leave you guys out. But the Celtics, just because there's a lot to talk about there, and tides are changing, so we want to get our thoughts in on that. So first, the Dwayne Haskins. So, Colin, this is a developing story that the New York Giants are not interested in Dwayne Haskins. Now the New York Giants are on the sixth overall pick, and many people thought they were going to get Dwayne Haskins. Haskins, I think, is the safest pick in this draft. He reminds me a lot of, like, a Phillip Rivers. Uh, Kyler Murray's ceiling might be the highest, but I'm not a huge Kyler Murray guy. But it's the developing story that they're not interested in uh, Dwayne Haskins. What does this mean? Now, I've heard people say, this is just a developing story that not many people know about. It just released a few minutes ago. People are saying, perfect, we're going to spend our sixth, round, uh, sixth overall pick on some defensive player, probably. Um, maybe they trade down for DK Metcalf. Like, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But I brought up the idea they're getting maybe Josh Rosen. Maybe they decided, you know what, we're going to spend that sixth overall pick on some other piece, and we're going to trade for Josh Rosen, which isn't a horrible idea. I just think Dwayne Haskins is a good pick. What okay, do you think? so... The only reason I think a a DK Metcalf pick would be good there is because, well, if they get a different quarterback. Because DK Metcalf, he's a great receiver, but how do you expect a rookie receiver like him to do anything with a 40-year-old quarterback who can't even throw 40 yards down the field? Their one problem, though, is the Buffalo Bills here. Now... The thing is, the Bills are on the number nine pick, and that's probably as high as DK Metcalf's going to go, is number nine. Now, Metcalf has potential. This guy is very good. The only real problems with him are his route running needs to be polished up a little. Uh, his production rate could definitely been better in college, but the number one thing is this guy is very injury-prone, like neck injuries. Like, So, I honestly, I like the pick, but this guy's overhyped. Listen, I think there's some boss potential. Now, if the I'm not sure DK Metcalf's their guy, but if it is, the risk there is if you trade with the Buffalo Bills, let's say you trade down to nine, give them the sixth overall pick, they could still take DK Metcalf six. I, I don't I think DK Metcalf is going to go seventh to the Jaguars. Maybe. Look, whoa, whoa. Now that the Giants are not interested, this opens the door for the Jaguars. Uh, now you brought that up because I think the Dolphins only uh, a pick like fourteen through ten, and they could definitely pick Kyler Murray. But either here's how it's gonna go. This is just a 
not even a story, and the Giants are going to pick Dwayne Haskins. The Giants will either pick Dwayne Haskins, but let's say they don't. They keep the sixth overall pick and select someone else, which means the seventh overall pick, the Jaguars, should take Dwayne Haskins. Or the Dolphins could make a trade for Dwayne Haskins and move up because they kind of have some ammunition there where they have a few pieces. They're, they're only, you know, you know, I think like eight to five picks behind the Giants. So they could potentially trade up and try to outbid the Jaguars. And if the Giants aren't interested, now this opens the door for other teams, especially the Dolphins and the um, Jaguars. But a lot of teams should be interested in Dwayne Haskins. I just think he's the safest pick uh, at quarterback in this draft. Way safer than Kyler Murray. Murray's got potential. I'm not down in Kyler Murray, but I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan. Just putting that out there. What do you think? I think usually the most like overhyped quarterback ends up being like not the best one out there. And the odds that it happens this year are very low because it happened last year with Baker Mayfield. So. Yeah, he wasn't projected to be the best. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. All right, so now on to the Ryan Tannehill trade. So I think this is more of a story that you guys know about. So obviously, we've been doing a lot of football lately, but basketball is coming up shortly. Let's just get through this trade. So the Dolphins traded quarterback uh, Ryan Tannehill to the Titans. So the Miami Dolphins trade away Ryan Tannehill in a 2019 sixth round pick for a 2019 seventh round pick and a 2024th round pick. So essentially, Ryan Tannehill's value was a little less than a fourth round pick next year to a Titans team that's brink of the playoffs. So his his value was not great. Um, well, personally, I don't think this is a great trade for either team. Um, personally. I think I looked at the trade and said it's lose-lose, but, you know, it's like, eh, for both teams. Here's the thing, though. It was a necessary trade for both teams. The Dolphins needed to trade Ryan Tannehill, and the Titans need a very serviceable backup. Now, here's for the Titans' side. The Titans, the reason they need a serviceable backup you're probably saying, well, they have uh, Marcus Mariota. No, Marcus Mariota's injuries, it's not Marcus Mariota's bad. His injuries have to concern you, especially down the stretch. You need a serviceable backup that can potentially, potentially win you a game, that has some experience. That's Ryan Tannehill, and his contract may be a little absurd, but I've heard a deal that, a report that the deal is restructured to a one-year um, deal worth um, $7 million Um um, seven million dollars guaranteed and twelve mil up to twelve million dollars in incentives. But five mil the Dolphins will pay five million dollars. Now, if this is the case, that makes things better for the Titans. Is it worth it for the Titans to essentially trade a fourth round pick for a very good backup and pretty much pay him maybe like two to four million dollars? I don't think he'll get all the incentives. Um, so what do you think about the trade going? I don't really have a strong opinion on who won this trade. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Ryan Tannehill, and picks could end up being anything. They could be like a real steal in the draft or some random bust that you're going to pick. So it all depends on like who they pick. Yeah, I think that the Dolphin just wanted to get his contract off the books, and people are saying, well, why'd they do this? They still have Tannehill's bad contract. Tannehill is making like $18.5, $17 million dollars. For the next few seasons. Now, they're only going to pay him $5 million for one season. 
So they're still getting some of his money off the books. They're still going to have to pay him some people like, oh. But they're dumping still a lot of salary here. And the Dolphins, I mean, maybe next free agency, like if they can get, like, they're, if they're interested in Kyler Murray, and let's say Ky- they get Kyler Murray and he actually works out. Brian Flores is a good coach. Best case scenario, they also get a few other steals. Like, they're going to have a lot of salary cap space as well. So, I, I mean, it all kind of depends on what the Dolphins do, I think, whether they can land the franchise quarterback and how Brian Flores does. So, I mean, we'll see on this trade. I mean, I think Tannehill's going to get some playing time. And I think it was necessary for the Titans that they're going to have to pay a little bit of money to get it kind of a top-tier backup here because Mariota just has failed to stay healthy in his young career. All right, so now the big portion we got about – that took about eh, seven, eight minutes. Um, not horrible there. But we're going to go through the Celtics' past five games, starting with the Celtics-Warriors game. So if you don't recall – Basically, let's go quickly through the timeline. So, beginning of the season, Kyrie goes up in front of Celtic season ticket holders and says, I'm coming back. I want to be like a Celtic for life, basically. And then, you know, I think this is around like January. He goes up and says, you know, ask me July 1st. I, you know, I can't make any guarantees on um, I, where I'm going to go. Ask me July 1st. We'll see what happens, which scared Celtics fans, and it should. The Celtics have been very disappointing this season. And if you don't know Kyrie Irving, he's a very moody guy. So his thoughts one day could change for the next. One week he could tell you he's going to New York if you know him personally. And then the next week he'll say, you know what, maybe I want to save the Celtics. He's very moody. Um, and so let's recap their past five games um, that have been very good for Celtics fans. We went 4-1, and 3-1 and one on our West Coast uh, road trip there. and. It's been a very uh, successful five games, and we've had high hopes because we think, oh, Kyrie Irving's a little more invested in the team. So the first game is the Warriors versus Celtics, where the Celtics won 128-95 at the Oracle Arena. Uh, In this game, Gordon Hayward went off. He was your best player. Uh, He had 30 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and only 28 minutes of uh, play. Kyrie Irving had the double-double. So this was a great game for Gordon Hayward and for Celtics fans. Celtics fans, uh, green teamers were all around were convinced that the Celtics were turning around and so was Gordon Hayward. Because before the All-Star break, Hayward went on a three-game stretch where he had like 20 points per game. And then coming out of the All-Star break, he's a little slow. This game, he explodes out the 30-point game. Tatum has 17, Irving, like, these, they had a solid game all around and just seemed very engaged. The bench seemed engaged. Kyrie Irving seemed, they all seemed on the same page. And the, and after this game, you know, Kyrie Irving's just like, oh, every, the whole guys, everyone, not just Kyrie Irving, they were just like, we came together on that plane. So there's a six-hour um, plane ride that made them all come together. And personally, I was just like, hold up, hold up. No. The Celtics have been wildly inconsistent. I'm a Celtics fan. We've been wildly inconsistent this year. It's like, hold up. Give it a few more games. The one game isn't going to change the way I think about this team. They, sure, they beat the Warriors. The Warriors were going into that game playing not very good, and they didn't play very good that 
that that game. KD really didn't have a great game. Curry was their best player. He had a solid night, but the you, Cousins really didn't do much. Draymond, like no one really had a great game for the Warriors. So I wasn't completely sold. I was like, this seems been consistent. I've seen this happen a million times. I've, I've read this book a thousand times, and I know the ending. But maybe it'll change this time. So that Celtics versus the Warriors game was a glimpse of hope. And I was just like, I came a little more optimistic. So I was like, give it, give it more time. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to totally be sold. So then Wednesday, Wednesday the next, next day, day, they go into Sacramento and face the Kings. And if you don't recall, in this game, Kyrie sat the game out. He's always sitting out games here and there. And it's, it's very weird. But in this game, Gordon Hayward had a solid game. But mostly, you're led by Tatum, Morris, Horford, Rozier had a good game. Like, overall, you were kind of, you know, the the front horse really led you there. Um, Gordon Hayward, on defense, had those questionable moves. Um, but he hit the game winner. We all know the whole story. But you win 111-109. And in this game, people were like, whoa. The Celtics, overall, as the team seem engaged, they're also winning without Kyrie. Now, people are like, okay, now you're on a two-game winning streak, and people are like, all right. We we might almost lost that game, but we won. We won without Kyrie. The guys seem to be getting more engaged and more on the same page with and without Kyrie, being they just won against the Warriors and the Kings on the road and seem to be very engaged and on the same page. It's not like a win, like um, recall a later win that they had. Like when they beat the... I don't know, like when they beat the Pistons, uh, the game before the All-Star Week, they didn't really feel like they were on the same page. This, These two past ones have ha- had done that for us. So then they were going to be facing the Lakers in Los Angeles on that Saturday. And I thought you got to win this game. You're not losing to this Lakers team. They're just a mess. They're more of a mess than you are. You're not losing this game. And we didn't. Um... Irving came back, scored 30. Um, I will say, though, LeBron, this was the first game with the minute restriction, had a very good game, Mortis Wagner, but that's not all the point. They just had some kind of scrubs because all their guys are starting to get hurt. I said, you have to win this game. You just have to. Um, and we did. We took care of business this Lakers game. Um, the beginning was a little close, and we kind of gained some distance in the second and third quarters, and then they had a solid fourth quarter, but it just wasn't enough. Overall, I think we ruled the Lakers that game. Once the second and third quarter, we really did, played some good basketball. And, of course, me being me, I still was not sold on the team at this point in time. Because I said, this team had gone on a lot of three-game winning streaks and then dropped four in a row, or two in a row, or three in a row. And they'll seem like, you know, maybe they're turning a corner. Nope. And we're right back down. The roller coaster, I want to see how they did against the Clippers. The Clippers had previously beat them on the date uh, dating back to um, February 9th. And remember, that was the game where Kyrie left in the second half and they blew a 28-point lead at the Garden. The Celtics fans booed the Celtics, and it was just a disaster. And I think they lost to the Clippers again early in the season. No, they only faced them twice. Oh, so yeah. they lost them both times. Yeah. But this game, okay. February 11th, and I wake up, I didn't see the end of the game. This game started at 10 p.m. my time on a uh, Monday night, so I wasn't going to see the end of the game. Um, But we let the Clippers score 140. Now, this game, uh, some people are like, all right, 
Are the Celtics now, is this what we were talking about, Aiden? The three-game winning streak, and now it's just going to drop again. And I said, not necessarily here. Um, I kind of look at it and say, yeah, Rozier was your leading scorer, which kind of concerned me a little, but your defense was questionable. But here, here's the thing. You're missing Jason Tatum, okay? Like, I looked at this game and said, I'm not going to panic. Okay, I said that, you know, they need to keep showing more consistency after the three-game winning streak. Just because they lost by 25, or, yeah, 25 points, I wasn't panicking. I was just like, whoa, whoa, hold up. Whoa, wait, whoa, wait. Let's, let's digest here a little. Um, Jason Tatum was hurt. The Clippers really couldn't miss a shot that game. Uh, uh, Williams had a great game. game. Like, oh, 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 nothing, 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 they were exhausted. They were out, Jason Tatum, and Kyrie said, we just need to go home. So I said, all right, let's see if he, you know, they just need a few days break, and they're going to come home against Sacramento, and they're going to beat Sacramento. And it's going to be true, you know, with the, the you know, long road trip got to them. They're still on the same page. You know, I wasn't going to give up. This was also the day where I feel like Kyrie took a little shot at Brad Stevens. He said stuff like, you know, what – you know, what makes the Clippers so successful? And he went right to Doc Rivers saying, you know, I think it's so easy to play for a coach that's played in the league before. Brad Stevens hasn't played in the league. And if most of you know, Brad Stevens and Kyrie really don't get together, uh, get along that well. So them not getting along that well, maybe taking a shot at Brad Stevens, they're saying, yeah, you're not that easy to play for. You don't manage my needs and my essentially ego very well. And, but he said, we just need to get out of L.A. Like, L.A.'s a great place, uh, but we just need to get out of L.A. So I said, all right, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. So last night's Kings versus Celtics game. I said, going into that game, we need, we need this game desperately. We need to come back from that road trip, coming out. We need to prove that Kyrie was right. They're still on the same page and that they're not showing more inconsistency. The first quarter really scared me. We went down 38-25, to 25, and this was a game right after we gave up 140 points to the Clippers. And I said, oh boy, the defense is looking really suspicious, and so is this team. We're down 13 the first quarter, just let up 38 points. Didn't have a bad for offensive quarter, but uh, in this game, we really let like, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes. We just kind of let the same guys destroy us in this game. But, um, I... I don't know how to explain this, but that first quarter did scare me. But we came out in the second quarter, which is very good, because usually when things don't go right, we all turn against each other here in Boston. That's what we do as the Celtics team. But no, instead of the second quarter, they rallied together to outscore them 31-24 to and narrow the Kings' lead to not much. And then... In the third quarter, we scored 37, only let up 29. So at this point, our defense has not been great throughout the game, but our offense is picking up the slack. And then we scored 33 in the fourth quarter to 29. Overall, though, we dominated 
that second half and dominated the Kings. We went on like a 10-0 run down by one. Kyrie Irving led the way last night. Jalen Brown had a very good game scoring 22 points. He had no assists, one rebound. We only all do the scoring. Um, but in 32 minutes, Jalen Brown had a very good game last night. Uh, Hayward didn't really have a great game, but, you know, I want to see like 12, 14 points out of Hayward on a consistent basis. Because sometimes they'll score 30, then they'll score 4, and then they'll score 10, and then they'll score 5, and then they'll score 18, 14. Uh, you get the points just all over the scale, and I want to see a little consistency. I don't care if he scores 12, 14 points. You know, I'd rather see him score 12, 14 points on a consistent basis than scoring 22 points and 6. I just want to see some consistency from Gordon Hayward and good consistency. But overall, I was pleased with last night's game. I felt like the defense wasn't great, but the team really came together. They rallied around Kyrie Irving, and it seems like Kyrie Irving started to get on the same page as these guys. Um, the team also rallied together by coming down as a team. They were not doing good, and instead of going against each other, they said, come on, guys, and picked each other up and played very good team basketball last night. And I'm not complaining at all last night. Uh, Marcus Morris has also been picking up his slack lately. Not only last night he had 21 points, 13 rebounds, but I'm not just talking about last night. Of late, he's been doing better. And Marcus Morris was like having a very good season to start the season. He's been on a slump of late. He's picking up his slack again. Um, Tatum came back from his injury, score 15. So overall, I mean, I've liked the way this team's turning. Now, do I think Kyrie will stay? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Just paraphrasing what James Dolan said, apparently he's already talked to some players and they said they're coming to New York. So I don't know if that's Kyrie or not. The reason I don't believe it's Kyrie, or even if it is Kyrie, I don't believe that he's officially going there yet. And here's why. It's James Dolan talking. That and the fact that um, Kyrie is such a moody guy. If Kyrie stays, it's going to depend on how these playoffs go. How's he going to feel when the season's over? Is he going to have a bitter taste in his mouth after you guys lost in five games in the first or second round or something? You guys are early exits, didn't put up a great fight. If that's the um, reason, Kyrie's gone. But if you guys, you know, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in a seven-game series or make it to the NBA Championship and lose in like five or six games to the Warriors – you know, you make it far into the playoffs, put up a good fight, and Kyrie's like, you know what, I think we're turning as a team. I think, you know, I'm really gelling with these guys. I kind of like it here. He'll stay. I I wouldn't, you know, I'm not betting all my money on it that I'll stay, but probably. He's moody like that. It depends on how he's feeling at the moment, not how he felt last week, the week before that, two months ago, a year ago. That No, none of that matters. It matters how does Kyrie feel right now. So heading into free agency, how is he going to feel? Is he going to feel like, oh, the team is playing very good basketball in the playoffs. They're starting to get a little long, better ride If that's the case, then he might stay. But if the case is you guys were early round exits, didn't put up a great fight. It seemed like you and the guys were, you know, kept arguing. Um, still aren't really getting along. Yeah, he's gone. So, Cole, what are your thoughts on this whole stretch? Because I didn't really get, let you talk. So, I think people are, like, looking at this, and they're – Everybody picks out that one game against the Clippers that they lost. Like, can you be happy about being five and well on that? A few people are. I'm yeah. gonna say all most. Here's the thing though, Colin. This is quick. 
Um, most green teamers here in uh, Boston. Why do you keep calling them green? Teamers? Super optimistic. Super optimistic. They're gonna be like, oh, that Clippers game doesn't count. So you know, they're gonna look at the big picture and say we're four and one in our last five games. Not many of them are gonna pick out that Clippers game. A few, but not many because there's. I've seen a ton of people clip pick out that Clippers game. Just yeah, be- some. Yeah. Just because yeah. we just because we lost. Haters will like. Yeah. Just because we let up 140, and that was like, we haven't let up 140 to a team in like, here I'll check. However, many we haven't let up years. 140. Uh, I wouldn't say years, but we haven't let up 140. I think it's in years, yeah. We have not let up 140 points since. Oh God, uh, this, this goes back. I have no clue. All years, right. I'm telling you. I don't years. think it's years, it but is. 140 points. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, maybe like an overtime game or something. But uh, what do you think about the overall stretch? Are you starting to, you know, hop on backboard with the Celtics, I, or what? Do you I think? thought they would either stay the five seed or drop seeds. But Here, now I'm thinking that they're gonna go up seeds now because th- they've been the um, five seed behind the Sixers and the Pacers. Neither of those teams have been playing. Well, the Pacers Great. have. But yeah, it's not, they've been playing. They've okay. been dropping a little bit in the last six, night. So the Pacers the um so. played a great game against the Thunder and squeaked out the victory. So right now the standings are: the Celtics are forty-two and twenty-seven, the sixth and fifth place. The Sixers are in fourth place at forty-three and twenty-five, and the Pacers are in third place at forty-four and twenty-five. So the uh, Celtics are two games behind the Pacers and a game and a half behind the Sixers. The Celtics. Like this could go either way. The three, four, and five race is very close. Um, the bottom of the East is pretty interesting too, but I don't want to get into that right now. We're focusing on the Celtics and a little bit of the other, you know, some other things that we're talking about. But personally, my take on this five-game stretch: good. I'm starting to turn the page with this team, but I need I need to keep getting that sample size. If we can be out by game against the Hawks tomorrow, then we have game against the Nuggets and the 76ers. If we can go 2-1 and one and stay together as a team, I'm going to be happy. I expect this to beat the Hawks and the 76ers. If if I predict this going 2-1, and one, I want to see us beat the Hawks and the 76ers. If we lose to the Nuggets, we lose to the Nuggets. Hopefully we can go 3-0, and oh, but I expect at least 2-1, and one, and I think if you if – my expectation is you go 2-1 and one, and maybe the Hawks and the 76ers – You've dominated the 76ers, the Hawks of the Hogs. The Nuggets, you don't have a huge sample size against them. I I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I think we're going to go 6-0 and in our next six games. I haven't decided with the Pacers game yet whether I think we're going to win or lose. But we're facing – okay, yeah, those first three teams are – Those Pacers games are crucial. So is that 76ers game, by the way. The first, sir, if you're a Celtics fan, circle those games right now. So the first games are the uh, – the Hawks, which is a definite win. I wouldn't say definite. I I, I would. I, with this Celtics team, I can't say a definite win. I can't. Nuggets, I can't. I think they'll pull that one out. Sixers, yeah, they, they just own the Sixers. Uh, Hornets, not much of a competition there. Neither with Spurs. Cavaliers, same exact thing. And then Pacers, I haven't decided whether they're going to win or lose yet. All right, Colin. I'm just going to say, this is an optimistic Celtics fan right here. He is representing 90, 85% of the Celtics fans. 
Hawks, easy. Nuggets, easy. Six. No, not with no, this No, I team. didn't say. Whoa, 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 I didn't say Nuggets. All right. Easy. Yeah, I know. Colin, you're not the most optimistic Celtics fan ever. I'd say you're probably in the middle or a little on the optimistic side, which isn't bad. Bad at all? No, no, no. But you're representing most people that would say, yeah, we can go 6 0. Okay. How are, no, this seems too inconsistent for me to believe that we can actually go 6 0 in the next right, six I'll games. We could. All right. Well, in the next six games, we'll see. I, they're not going 6 0. It's not good. We're too inconsistent. I'll bet you a whole quarter. We're too inconsistent. Kyrie's probably going to miss two of the games with a um, claimed knee injury. We're, we're too inconsistent. We're too inconsistent to win six games in a row. I, I don't know if we can win two games in a row. We're too inconsistent for that because we're Boston. One game will click, and the next game we'll all fight each other. I will bet you go. a whole quarter that we win. The next all right, game. a quarter. Yes. Quarter. Quarter. Yeah, I, I think we're too inconsistent to win a, a two, six games in a row. Whew, three games in a row is a lot for this inconsistent Celtics team. I'm not sold yet. I'm not sold. I'm not sold in the Celtics. And I gave a little bit of positivity on the Celtics. Sure. I did. I did. I came, became a little more sold than the Celtics. But let's see how the season finishes. We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 more games. Let's see how we do in the next 13 games. Let's see how we do in the playoffs. But... Talking about the regular season, how do we do in the next 13 games? Do we show some consistency? Do we keep, you know, together as a team? Or are we going to, you know, win a few games and all of a sudden some game in the middle here against, like, the Heat or the Pacers, the Nets for some reason, some game in the middle, we just collapse as a team and have to re- rebuild I think again. we'll go 11-2 in the last 13 games. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Thank you, another There's, quarter. Uh, another quarter. <laughs> you know what? Another quarter. That's fine, guys. Another quarter. So... You, know, you guys, again, the Anchor Mobile app, anything you want me, us to do, you can predict the Celtics' next record, your thoughts on the Celtics, your thoughts on this whole episode, um, whether you agree with me or Colin, um, anything you guys want us to do. So tomorrow, we're probably definitely going to do an episode, maybe two. Maybe we can get an NHL episode or just something in there to switch it up, do something. Um we could possibly do two. I'm not promising two episodes, but maybe uh, at least one episode for tomorrow. So, um, so yeah, that's all from us. Again, the Anchor mobile app. Again, I'm going to keep saying it until one it of you guys do it. Yeah, it does. All right, so um, that's all from me and Colin, and I'll see you guys next time.